Don't be focused on yourself. Don't breathe commission breath all over people. Focus on excellence in your business. Be an advisor, not a salesperson. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, Real Estate Rockstars. This is Aaron Muchasei. Today's a treat for you. The I was just telling Jonathan, this is funny. Inman article comes across my desk. You guys know how I love to do new stuff. It says, a 29-year-old agent just surpassed a billion in career sales. Here's how. And it says, Jonathan Spears. And I see the picture and I say, that guy's been on the podcast before. I got to talk to him again. I got to see what's going on. And here he is. Jonathan, what's up, man? Hey, Aaron. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Glad so, to be back. Did you know that they were going to have this giant front page picture of you holding your cell phone at a multi-million dollar house? No, I did not. No, I uh, not only was I honored to be featured in Inman, but I had no idea that that's how they were going to go about, you know, releasing the news of uh, hitting a billion dollars in career sales. So I was excited. And honestly, I woke up late that day. Uh, I had held an event the night before and my my wife's like babe your phone is ringing at 7 a.m turn it off please you know we've got a seven month old so uh she didn't want me to wake the baby and i'm like i don't i don't know why my phone's blowing up and it was people sending me that in an article which was it was an honor so so freaking cool dude the super super cool especially from um you know people have to listen to your last podcast and this one to get to hear more of your story but how many kids do you have you just have is this your first kid no, my second. So we've got a three and a half year old daughter, uh, Ella, and she is, uh, has more energy than I do, <laughs> which is amazing. And then we've got a seven month old son, Emery, and he is so chill. So thank you hit the jackpot. Dude, I hit the jackpot. Yes. You got a girl, you got a girl and a boy like the, you can, I mean, you can have 10 more kids if you want, or you can just say I'm done if you want. Like you no. know, life is limitless. No, my wife has told me we are capped out on children. So. Well, yeah, so that's the jackpot. You guys, you guys each get it, you know, whether you want girls and boys. Girls and boys are so different. You are super are. blessed to get yeah. both. I've got four kids. The We have three girls and a boy. and uh, Amazing. And I love them all. You're a girl dad. I love it. And a boy dad, but definitely a girl dad. Yeah, I was, my girls are 13, 11, and 10, and my son is five. So for eight years... There was no boy in the mix and yeah. or did we know when we were pregnant for that fourth. By that time, I was so committed to being a girl dad. Yeah. And I was like, this is, I don't care if it's a girl boy because if it's a girl, he's super easy. I'll just, my house, everything in my house is already pink. Oh, We've done this before. Cool. Like, yeah. life goes on. And yeah. if it's a boy, it'll be super exciting because it's fun and new and yeah. all that stuff. So exciting. it's fun and new. I, I looked at my, uh, my daughter and I said, babe, you're uh, when I found out we were having a boy. I said, babe, your wedding budget just doubled. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah now, now you're the only now you're the only one. That's so perfect. It's so much so when did you become an agent? How long ago? Uh, almost eleven years ago. Two thousand two thousand nine. Two thousand eighteen. Yeah. So no, no, I'm sorry. Two thousand nine, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yep. Foreclosure crisis. Foreclosure crisis back then. I, I was on the West Coast buying foreclosures on the courthouse steps. 
you were in Florida listing yeah. REOs or an assistant listing REOs? What was the, what was the, what was, what was your beginning story of real estate? Remind me. So I got licensed uh, at the ripe age of 18 and ended up working for foreclosure factories. I called them, uh, you know, those foreclosure factories are very unique business models. And I essentially was in a market where things were descending so fast that the regular market wasn't transacting. The luxury market didn't have a heartbeat. And, um, you know, I, I cut my teeth on REO. So for me, getting in the business at 18 was not only a, a, a big step, but to be able to learn to problem solve at such an early age. I mean, it's interesting because today, you know, one of our biggest uh, obstacles is managing egos with luxury sales. Whereas with foreclosures, you had such complicated steps. You're dealing with multiple banks. You're dealing with the Department of Housing and Urban Development. And, you know, I had to get blue signatures on, uh, you know, wedding contracts versus DocuSign, which I can send from my phone and, and is an absolute time saver for me today. So, you know, I've been, uh, I've been very grateful for the progression. Yeah. Like the, the change, it was factories back then. Real estate sure has changed. It was a lot. To, I mean, it was tough to sell houses back yeah. then. The market was falling. Yep. Months of inventory was like 15 months of inventory. So yeah. there was so many houses on the market. If you wanted to buy a house, you didn't have to compete. And now what's the month? What are the months of inventory in Florida where you're at? It's very interesting. So just tracking the last 60 days, uh, in April, we had less than 30 days of inventory, which was the absolute bottom of our MLS uh, over the history of the MLS. And typically we'd have six months of inventory, like healthy market, usually six months of inventory. Uh, our inventory at that time was just under 2000 listings market wide. And that would have been our 30 day mark. Um, it, it was actually less than 30 days. And today we've got about 3,500. So we've actually started to replenish some inventory, which has been nice. I'm on more listing appointments than I've ever been just because sellers are waking up. And it's almost like it's an interesting reaction because sellers don't necessarily react at the time that the market's the hottest. They see some, they see a, a mailer come out and their neighbor just set this huge record. And really by the time the neighbor sets the big record, maybe they're in a position to set another record or it may be that that buyer was the pinnacle buyer in the neighborhood. And so we're kind of figuring that out right now. You know, we are still seeing records being hit, but having more options in the market for buyers ultimately lowers the level of urgency. Man, I love that coffee cup. That's amazing. Dude, that's a, that's a, a, a guy that has a lot of kids, right? Oh yeah. So dude, I've got yeah. my cookie monster yeah. cup. We went to SeaWorld not long ago. And the when we had a chance to go out and live again, yeah. Lovely. Sorry to didn't want to distract you with the coffee mug. I'm I'm sorry. With that, one. that thing's epic. I'm gonna have to go home and order one. Probably Elmo for me. Yeah, I've got. We have the Elmo also. The uh, we've got maybe maybe I'll I'll send you one. Do you think the mark? So right, you're totally right about that. Where there's an epic sale that happens, especially in a luxury. So, yeah. right. So it's a, it's probably a different story for where if you're in a neighborhood where there's a bunch of houses, all the same price, yeah. not unique. I don't think it's the same thing, but I was selling my ranch out in California. And part of my reasoning was like, whoa, the guy down the street, just somebody just offered him 500,000 over asking and my house is better. So my house will at least sell for that. Right. Of course. And now typical thinking, typical thinking. And, and maybe I'm biased. Maybe I think my house is better and it's just plain not. 
But the other idea is there could have been one buyer yeah. that wanted to be there that much. And the, so definitely as you get into more unique stuff, yeah. timing is, there's a lot of luck involved. Do, uh, do you feel like, so now there's a little, few more listings on the market and you're like, Hey, this is refreshing. Cause we can get back into, oh into work. Yeah. Are you, are you see, are you going like, Oh my gosh, uh, <laughs> now we're one and a half months of inventory. People should be careful. Or are you, are you, are you, people are like, Oh, there's going to be a bubble. It's crazy. I'm like, I don't, I think we got years to play on this thing. Uh, what do you think? Nervous at all? Not happy? No, no, never nervous. I mean, the market's always transacting, whether it's going up or down. So I happen to start in a descending market, which is unique. Most people wait to get to the real estate market until it's ascending. And I mean, even like a seller, you know, real estate agency, a friend making a bunch of money and they go, I'm going to get a real estate license and, and try to copy that. What's interesting, so let me, let me just give you guys a background about my business model. So real estate is my first career, got into real estate while I was in college. And that was, that's really the only career that I know, um, sales, sales period, and started sales with foreclosures, certainly wasn't what I was interested in, but it's what was transacting at the time. That's why I say the market's always transacting, whether it's going up or down. Uh, last year, my team did just over 260 million in gross sales volume uh, in residential homes. This year, we've already sold 250 million closed year to date at the halfway mark and expected double our sales volume. The year prior, we had done half of what we did during the COVID pandemic. So uh, definitely setting records in the market. And when you see that rapid ascension, is rapid ascension something that's usually maintainable? No. You know, it's, it's, if we just study markets, my background's finance. If I'm looking at charts, which I love, you know, the market has just skyrocketed. And our market in the Emerald Coast of Florida, we're in the Northwest Florida Panhandle, white sand beaches, second homes. Our average sales price for my team specifically is north of 2 million. And we're transacting quite a bit of homes. But People didn't know about our area before the pandemic. I mean, it was still relatively unknown. The New York Times called us the Hamptons of the South. And, you know, our influx would be Atlanta, Georgia, and Birmingham, Alabama, and Nashville, Tennessee. That was like our feeder market, Dallas, Texas. Um, now we've got buyers coming in from Los Angeles and New York City and, you know, areas that wouldn't have normally considered this market could they, or if they had the freedom to travel elsewhere. And, you know, for me, when I look at the market and I look at how we've grown, it's all relative to who's here and who's willing to spend their dollars here. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui for a quick commercial break. So during 2020 and 2021, the real estate market completely changed. There's so much competition in the market, so many people trying to buy and sell houses, but there's hardly any supply, hardly any product, hardly anyone willing to list their homes. It's time for every agent out there to become a hybrid agent investor to be able to reach out directly to homeowners to try to get them to sell or list their house. We've got a new website. Go to leadpropeller.com and you can set up your own investor buyer website in just minutes. You'll set up your own URL, set up phone numbers, help go through the leads, help reach out to people that aren't listing their, pro their property currently and have them fill out a form that says, hey, I want to sell my house. And then as an agent, you can go through and make them a hybrid offer. You can tell them, hey, I think your house would sell for $220,000 on MLS, but I can either write you a $180,000 cash offer right now, or I can help you fix it up 
and you'll list it for 220,000 on MLS. These are buyers that are looking for quick cash offers. Tens of thousands are submitting these forms every single day and they're skipping the listing process. But so many of you guys out there are such good agents. It's a great opportunity to get that lead and help them maximize sales price for their home. So again, go to leadpropeller.com and think about signing up for your own investor site so buyers will start reaching out to you, asking you to make an offer on their home. Uh, the biggest sales in our market occurred last year during the pandemic, multiple, multiple eight-figure sales. We were honored to represent uh, a handful of them. And you know it's exciting to see records being broken, but it's relative to value, right? And I think people, especially when there's high inflation, People want to go to a hard asset. They want to take the cash that they have. They want to put it into hard assets because hard assets continue to inflate. Uh, I think that real estate will continue to do well. I think our market's poised to do extremely well. I just think you're seeing somewhat of uh, a normalization in the market. And we definitely needed inventory. We're desperate for it. I feel like we're in a drought and needed some rain. And so we're starting to see a sprinkle. Yeah. I love a lot of things that you said there. One is, yes, if we're having explosive growth, it's not sustainable, nor is it healthy to keep it sustainable, right? So it's starting to slow down and round off and go back into a healthy market. A healthy market is three months of inventory. I tell people that in a healthy month in Texas, there's 5,000 foreclosures if everything's normal. Like that's normal, that's healthy. That like, that like keeps the system going. So yeah, so the ascension rounding off the, I think that you're totally right on with that. And then inflation is another thing you talked about. So yeah. hard assets for inflation, that's a really easy no-brainer because technology can bring down the cost of, of lumber. Technology can bring down the cost of food. But technology, it's going to be a long time before it brings down the cost of houses. My mindset is, so you're a finance guy. Do you think expensive real estate has more inflationary protection than inexpensive real estate? Or do you think it's the same? Meaning, it's yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I do because I believe that the buyer profile has more discretionary income. Yeah. Whereas on the lower end of the market, most buyers are fixed income. Um, and especially now, I mean, it's incredible to, to see different profiles of buyers in our market that uh, have created massive amounts of wealth over the last few years. Not only are they spending that, but they're reaching a certain level in their generation where they're thinking about their children, their grandchildren. What are we going to invest in that we can hand off? What are we going to invest in that not only can we enjoy, but that, that flows down to multiple generations they can enjoy. And that's where buying a beach house has made so much sense for people. Whether you're here in Northwest Florida, or you're in South Florida, or even out in the mountain markets. I mean, mountain markets have exploded. Uh, vale, Colorado, Aspen, Telluride, uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. It's been fascinating to watch the wealth migration. Yeah. I've, I've thought about the, you know, the inflation, those higher assets too. And that's a great way to define it because in certain I mean, people on the low level, when they're like, Hey, should I fix this house up? Should I put 20,000 into it so I can sell it? And yep. there's times, especially in houses of 100,000, 200,000, 300,000, I'll say yes up to a point, but there becomes a maximum amount someone will pay for rent. Like some people are like, oh, if I put in granite counters and uh, upgraded cabinets, can I rent it for $200 more? In some neighborhoods, yes, but in some neighborhoods, you are just topped out that people are going right. to pay yeah. this much. But you're right at that high level, at the $10 million price point. We're seeing that in Austin, Texas. We're seeing inflations, inflationary spending. There's only so many properties that are on the lake. 
Right. So now they're selling for $5 million, $10 million, $20 million. And five years ago, that was like unheard of. Yeah. The people that are buying it are the people that have, you know, an, the people that are the end user that are going to buy that thing forever. It is that asset forever. It's because, well, there's only a thousand houses that can be on the water. So I'm going to have one of them. So, oh, yeah. no, I love, I actually love watching Austin's real estate. My uh, good friend, Kamara Wilcoxon is crushing it out there. But she represents exclusively high end and that's her niche and her, it's literally her market's exploded and she's been right there to take advantage of it and help people make the best possible decisions. Yeah. It, luxury is uh, a di a, definitely a different ball game and getting to see that happen. It's been really cool. It's, it been ha Austin has been a fun place to watch and I think Austin has had probably very similar benefits to Florida for different reasons like Florida's weather is better. Where you're at, I would say the uh, we've had. No, our power doesn't go out when it gets cold. So yeah, dude, we yeah people very nearly like was if, awesome. if there was oh if God. there was ever a crisis, that was an absolute crisis. My wife's gonna give me a real hard time. So for the week that they were here being yep. frozen, I was out of town and I couldn't fly in. So oh the so God. she was here with my four kids, no power by themselves. So yeah, but Texas and Florida have been some of the states this year that have really benefited from being willing to come to be open first. Yeah. I think that's part of it. It had to help affect you there. And then yeah. probably also people for the first time just getting to say life is short. If I could live anywhere, where do I want to live? Yeah. Of those, Mark, what do you think is the highest thing growing demand out there of kind of the different things that would send people to Florida right now? Yeah, I, mean, I think lifestyle is number one. You know, you kind of hit the, head, the nail on the head in terms of people wanting to be somewhere that's open, uh, especially with the vaccine rollout. Uh, we get a very dynamic population that comes here. I think 50% of the United States can drive here within a single day. So the drive to traffic has been big, especially with folks not being comfortable with getting on a flight, uh, especially like in, I think about our market not necessarily in its infancy, but maybe in more of a toddler stage. You know, if we look at a mature market in Florida, uh, one of the best luxury markets in the world is Palm Beach, Florida. That itty bitty little island that was developed 100 years ago. And it was developed 100 years ago. I think about my little island that I live on. And it's 20 years, maybe, for great development. And so, you know, we're still at a stage where people are trying to figure out how can we best understand the lifestyle of this area and the pandemic was a center stage that allowed us to showcase not only the desirability but um, also a more laid back it's still being in the south you're in the southern part of the united states uh i go to a restaurant and, and the waitress says yes sir to me and i'm like you know i'm a little too young to say yes sir to but <laughs> you know it's just it's it's that um it's that southern draw it's it's uh it's certainly appealing especially for families that you know, they're sitting in Atlanta or, or just like you, if you're over in Texas, you're like, I gotta get out. You know, where can we go? What's, where's a safe place to go? And um, I think that's the number one desirability factor here is it's perceived as a very safe place to, to travel to. Yeah. So freaking billion dollars in sales. Again, <laughs> that, that is so cool and so neat. What would you... So now I know that you've learned a whole bunch of things and it's not just in luxury and it's not just out there. So I want to kind of fire around through some of these things with the idea of what would, if you were going to talk to yourself as a new agent or somebody that's thinking about becoming an agent or just become, became an agent, what advice would you give them about real estate? Yeah. So for me specifically, 
when I got into real estate, there were three big pitfalls that caught me up. And one of which was micromanagement. I think even on our previous podcast episode, we, we touched on micromanaging the dangers of it. But as a new agent, like you're being swallowed up by the world. It, it feels like, you know, you're paying all of your own bills. You don't have an income necessarily. And you're out there trying to figure out how do I generate business? And so I felt like when I started in real estate, I had to do everything. Like I, every little aspect I needed to do, I needed to figure out didn't outsource a thing, didn't really ask for help. I think being willing to ask for help in this business is a huge thing. And frankly, when I started, we didn't have podcasts that were routinely present. Like there wasn't even, million dollar listing didn't even exist. And yeah. million dollar listing makes a, makes a young agent like me look great. I can walk into a house and somebody immediately relates to me. They go, oh my gosh, I love your youthfulness. You remind me of a TV show. And it's usually one of the MDL TV shows. And then, then I ask them, well, which, which guy's your favorite? <laughs> and they love to talk about it. But, you know, trying to figure out how do I create a presence in the industry as a young agent or, you know, when I say a youthful agent, I mean at any age, but starting out in the business, uh, I had to give up the thought process of, I didn't really need to ask for help. Uh, I had to micromanage every little thing that happened in my office. And when I, when I came to that realization, uh, it's when I decided to, to become more team focused and being a part of a team as a young agent was a huge benefit to me. Uh, I had somebody who was much wiser and had so many more deals and, and situations and understanding of personalities that there was, there was a level of wisdom that I needed to soak up. And I would not have had that opportunity to, to learn in the manner that I did if I didn't work for somebody else when I first got into the business. Real Estate Rockstars, this is a commercial break from our podcast sponsor, Housefolios. We're in real estate to find the next big deal, right? We want to find the deal, make money, and then turn around and do it all over again. It can be frustrating having to search through thousands of properties trying to find that Goldilocks property that is just right for your investment goals. That's why we're here to tell you about Housefolios. Housefolios is a management software for single family home investors that makes it simple to find good deals, get financing, and manage your property portfolios all from one platform. They're an all-in-one app that lets you easily search for properties, both listed and unlisted, analyze numbers based on your specific assumptions, and provide resources to get you through underwriting and closing. And this is a feature we like most. You can track your numbers at multiple levels. Want to see the returns on the specific property in seconds? Check. How about an entire portfolio of properties you're looking to buy? Check. And then being able to present these properties to investors to become the go-to real estate agent for their investment needs? How awesome is that? Managing your investment properties has never been easier. The best part, it's affordable. Plans start at just $29 a month, 29 bucks to unlock the tools to manage your entire investing cycle, all in one place. Check it out at housefolios.com. And if that's not enough, Housefolios is giving our listeners a special rate on an entire year of Housefolios, just 99 bucks. So instead of 29 bucks a month, 99 bucks for the year, head on over to housefolios.com forward slash RE Rockstars to sign up. Again, head over to housefolios.com forward slash RE Rockstars to get an entire year of housefolios for only 99 bucks. So you were also super young when you started. So you would walk in and people would be like, how old are you? Like, how, like, how can you be my agent? So there's, or, so people get that. So young agents are going to get people saying, you're too young for me. Or new agents, they're going to say, wait, you're too young how can people combat those two things? Like, hey, you're too new or hey, you're too young. How do you combat that fear that a 
potential client might have. Yeah. So what was interesting is every single appointment I went to when I started, especially at 18. So if I shaved this beard off, I'd still look really, really young. Imagine me like 10 years ago. And, you know, I, I was, people were like, did you just come from high school? Like, how, you know, and I probably did. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was, it was interesting because my re rebuttal at first was to kind of like clam up. Like that was my initial reaction was like, oh, uh, you know, I, I'm like, do I, can I put a bag over my head and then show you the house? And then I realized because of the consistency of people asking me, why do you look so young? I started having fun with it. You know, I remember distinctly being at one appointment and uh, I'm driving a, a BMW that I had purchased myself, which, you know, when you look like you're 12, people are like, how did you get that car? Especially when you're showing foreclosures, some of which may be like a mobile home or, you know, you're not necessarily relating like me and that car. I wasn't relating to my buyer profile. And they were always intrigued. They were like, you know, what's up with this, this kid who's meeting me at this house? And I would be like, yeah, I stole my mom's car to come over here, you know, like, and they would they'd start to like laugh and they're like, okay, he's totally kidding. Uh, and then I started getting related to Doogie Hauser, which oh uh, yeah, you guys remember Neil Patrick Harris as Doogie Hauser. He was awesome. Dude, I could I totally was, picture you as Doogie Hauser. Like I, I totally get why that's what you get called all the time. What's funny is I never grew up watching Doogie Hauser because I was just too young. So <laughs> I'm a little older than you. I watched it. I, I it's nailed head. YouTube was my friend, uh, especially in college. But you know, it's funny. I would I would just try to draw a relation to Doogie Hauser and. And um, eventually I realized that that obstacle of, hey, you look too young, turned into an advantage point. I said, you know what? This youthful energy that I've got is something that is about to be injected into your property sale. And with the median age of a real estate agent being in their 50s, I can respond so much faster. You know, this millennial generation, I know how to market your property on social media. At the time, Facebook was what was so popular before Instagram really started taking traffic. And, you know, it's just really fun to, to be able to create an advantage point based on a disadvantage that somebody initially perceived. And once you're able to break through that ice, you can create so much trust and understanding of your, with your clients because they start to see you as maybe their, their grandkid or, you know, their son or daughter. Like you start to find these um, abilities to relate in a way that maybe from an age standpoint, you couldn't have otherwise, specifically for young agents. So any young agents out there, if you're ever walking into an appointment worried about your age, turn it into an advantage, flip it around, flip the script, you know, talk about how you just took your mom's car to this appointment, you know, like tongue in cheek it because truly people want to have fun. Like nowadays, like in this luxury world, especially people work with me because they want, they want to have fun. They don't want to you know, they, they don't want anybody who's stale. They, they want me to make them laugh. Like I, I realize I pull more out of them when I'm authentic. Speaking of which, that's kind of the other pitfall that I had when I first started, especially with somebody saying, you look so young. I wasn't authentic. I, 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 I didn't really feel comfortable on my own skin, mainly because I was insecure. I'm like, maybe I am too young. You know, maybe I don't have enough experience to do this. And, you know, re the reality is, is that was a lie I was telling myself. And I had to kind of get to a point where I said, you know what, someone's either going to accept me for who I am, and they're going to embrace it, and it's going to be an advantage and a value to them, um, or they're not. And the people pleaser that I am, more oftentimes than not, got upset when somebody rejected me. And of course, in this business, I mean, it's constant rejection, especially when you're first starting out. And like developing that thick skin for me took a little bit of time. Yeah. 
It's like, how do you, how do you stay happy? How do you keep yeah. a positive attitude when you're also having to develop thick skin? What I liked about your advice right there is it, you're saying, take the thing that sets you negative and make yeah. it set you apart in a positive way. That works for people that might be thinking, hey, I'm too old to be an agent. People get the reaction of, hey, you're too old. Hey, you're too new. Hey, um, you know, this is a new market. You just moved here. Hey, you used to do inexpensive houses and now you're doing luxury or you were doing luxury. And now you're, because you can say, even if you're new, like, hey, I'm hungry. I'm going to work just for you. I don't have hundreds of deals, but I've got this, you know, team lead that's going to help me. Yeah. If it's older, it's like, well, no, but I also, I'm a lot more experienced, you know, the way, the way that I go through things and, and the way that I do it, I'm going to process differently. I'm going to make sure that we're going to get this deal. There's an advantage. So for every disadvantage that can totally be flipped around for an advantage and being able to, to twist that. So right now I bet you get lots of leads because you've done a lot of deals. Yeah. What, what do you think for, um, if an agent, I have a lot, there are a lot of listeners. Now we talked a lot for new people. There was a lot of listeners that are doing 50 homes a year. That's yeah. good. That's solid. You guys are crushing it already. What yeah. advice would you give them to go to the next level? Or they're like, cause it could be yeah, to make more money, right? Essentially like how do they make more money if they're already making, you know, 50, if they're doing 50 houses a year, two or $300,000 right. for average sales price. What advice do you give them? Well, I think you really have to look internally and say, I trying to make more money. Am I trying to increase free time with my family? What's most important for me, it's looking at money and time. You know, I'm basically exchanging my time for dollars when I'm working in my business. Uh, a salesperson is always, you know, focused on their next hunt and kill. For me, especially, you know, I had to figure out when I had kids, how I was going to manage the amount of production I was doing with a much more abbreviated schedule. Right. And always like I talk to my team members who don't have kids yet. And I kind of laugh. I'm like, you guys literally have all the time in the world. And you know, having four children, you know, they, they need their dad. They want that time. And some of the best time with my customers uh, pre children was like six o'clock at night to 10 o'clock at night. People are off work. They're winding down. They want to talk about their second home. They want to talk about a property they want to build. They want to dream a little bit. And I was available to, to kind of meet their needs. I had to retool my schedule. Um, if you're doing 50 houses a year right now, you are used to micro tasking um, or multitasking. Don't micromanage, but multitask. And that multitasking can always be taken to the next level. But the only way to do that and do it effectively is by building a team around you that can help you in the areas that you're weak. If you're weak on time, like, you know, for me, my time's a little bit more limited. I've got somebody who can cover me from six to 10 or from 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. when I know I'm going to be with my kids. My kids have to get dropped off at school. You know, those types of um, thought processes and changing or changes that you can retool your business with, that's how you're going to go to the next level. That's how you're going to go from doing 50 houses a year to 100 houses. Like the, the billion dollars in sales volume that I have, it didn't start out selling $100 million a year. My first year in real estate, I think I did maybe five. And then I was trying to think, okay, how can I go from five to 10? And like today in, in you know, the world that I live in, if I didn't have a, a more corporate environment that I created and, and, and had the tools specifically for my business model, I would not be able to handle the amount of business that we do, especially like if you think of doubling your sales volume year over year, the only way you can do that isn't by creating more hours in the day. It's by, by believing in systems and processes 
that you can replicate over and over and over. And so for us at Spears Group, I've tried to figure out, okay, how can I teach somebody to be Jonathan Spears? You know, they can't, they can't carbon copy my personality, especially if one of my core values is be authentic. They have to be them. And so how can they be them and still go out and crush it in sales and, and maintain a great personal life, which is something that's very important to me, especially having a young family. The way that we've been able to do it is by creating a system that works, creating prospecting schedule that works, going in and like from like every little thing in my calendar, every hour is is blocked off. And it may be blocked off for dinner with my wife It may be blocked off for, you know, take Ella to school or, you know, if my wife says, hey, I've got a commitment or nanny can't help. Um, I need you to, to make sure you put Emery to bed at seven o'clock. It's, it's in my calendar. And that's the only way that I can live. If, if I don't, I get so discombobulated and, and I fall out of structure. And ultimately, I, I can't perform at the highest level. Real Estate Rockstars, this is a commercial break from our biggest podcast sponsor we have right now, Rent Ready. It can be fun getting a new real estate deal. But it can be tough managing your properties after the fact, especially if you're long distance investing or trying to manage multiple properties by yourself. That's why we're here to tell you about RentReady. RentReady is a property management software that not only makes it easier to manage all your real estate deals from one platform, but they also have the best customer service support in the biz. They're an all-in-one app that lets you easily manage properties, collect rent, list units, screen tenants, sign leases, all from your phone or computer. Imagine all of your real estate doors right in your pocket. How awesome is that? The best part is it's so affordable, one flat price for everything. Unlimited properties, tenants, and support with a real live human. And I have to add in there, that's a new business model that not a lot of people are doing. There's like this freemium model where people say, hey, you can try this, but as soon as you grow, it's gonna cost you a lot of money. Or they kind of punish you when you get too many emails on your list or too many companies. They aren't gonna punish you when you grow. They're not gonna charge you more when you get 10, 20, 30 rentals, they're gonna charge you the same when you have two or three as they will when you have 50 or 60. So you have a nice fixed cost, all software, all in one place. Check it out, RentReady, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com. And if that's not enough, RentReady is giving our listeners a special code you can use to get a whole year of RentReady for just $54. Use code R-O-C-K-S-T-A-R-50, that's Rockstar50, and sign up for RentReady's annual plan at RentReady.com. Again, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I dot com with code ROCKSTAR50 to get rent ready for only $54. Everything I do is in my calendar as well. It's the same thing with the kid. Killian is like, hey, on this day, I need you to pick up racks from camp. I need you to go over here. I think that is key to go from if you're already successful to get to the next level, time management and then fig and then systems and then figuring out how to really uh delegate to the right people the right team like i'm 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 really pushing hard to grow my team right now in several of my different businesses because that's the only way to get to the next level without just working a lot yourself yeah and agents if you're already doing 50 you've proven you know how to work you've proven you know how to work hard and and do that but now it's work smarter not harder for marketing stuff What's your favorite way to market? And I'm thinking there's social media, there's radio ads, there's, there's mailers, uh, there's Google ads. What's, what's your favorite way that agents should, can market or do you have a favorite? I think for my business, which is in a second home market, 
Uh, direct mail allows me to get in front of people as frequently as possible that I wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity to get in front of. So like every seven days, we have uh, a different group of, of folks coming into our, our market. And by different group of folks, I mean, there's a couple hundred thousand people that leave on a Saturday and a couple hundred thousand people that come in on a Saturday. And so how do we stay relevant? How do we stay in front of that population, uh, especially when they move so quickly? Uh, we've got an average rental um, time frame in, in a season, like a, a vacation season that is 25 to 30 weeks out of the year. And so if 25 to 30 weeks out of the year, I have hundreds of thousands of people who are moving in and out of the market, I can't meet with everybody. I can't see everybody. Uh, social media tends to be a way that I can directly connect with an audience who already knows me or they're somewhat familiar with me. If you follow me on Instagram, Jonathan M. Spears or at Spears Group, I'm able to directly connect, directly showcase a property, you know, focus on my sphere of influence I already have. But how do I connect with people who don't know who I am or they may just see my signs out in the community and, um, you know, they, they, they've been thinking about selling or thinking about buying Farming specific areas with direct mail has probably been one of the most successful ways to, to stay in front of a prospective seller specifically. So mailers for sellers and how often do you send, how often, how many times will you send a letter to that seller? Usually takes six touches to somebody who is um, interested in doing something with their property before they respond. So if we just tracked our average, if I was starting to farm a brand new neighborhood it would take me about six direct mail attempts before I would get a single response. And that could be, you know, a population of, you know, 250, 300 homes. So it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty wide net to cast. The people need to hear that all the time. I, I remember when foreclosures started turning off and, and my brother, who's a, he's, he's crushing as a, as a broker yeah. right now. But when he first, when we first stopped being able to do foreclosures, we were buying on the courthouse steps. And he sent out a set of mailers and he spent a few thousand bucks and didn't get a single phone call. And I remember how disappointed he was And because also it was also expensive. Like he spent a lot of money on it. He was yeah. trying and yeah. it's easy to go like, oh, that didn't work. But you're but it's reminding people that, no, if you're whatever budget you're going to do, you got to do a bunch of mailers. You can't do one. You can't do two. You're doing six letters out there. How often do you send them apart? Every uh, couple weeks, every couple months? No, I mean, probably multiple times per week. Oh, that's it's fantastic. Well, that's how you get those six touches in. So they're, they're going to see you once or twice a week in that area, once or twice a week. They also see the Jonathan Spears sign as they're going to the store. So like, okay, this person is going to be, and now they're going to Google you and it's going to hit top of top of Inman as, oh, that guy knows what he's doing. What's your favorite technology out there to either get deals, uh, find properties, manage your transactions? What's your favorite tech? tech? Yeah, so for our team CRM, we still uh, we still leverage Boomtown, which has been a great way to stay in touch with folks. We also do uh, a lot of social media integration into the way that we try to do lead capture. So anytime I market something, um, especially through social media, we try to route it back through our CRM, which allows us to to just stay on top of lead flow. You know, it's interesting, like we were looking at our, our spread of business in terms of where, where does most of our business come from? And over a third of our business is still sphere of influence. So what that tells me is the best technology that I can possibly leverage is right here. And that's, that's team wide. And I've got eight other agents that are seven other agents, including myself that work on my team. 
as long as we're here talking and being willing to ask for referrals, uh, it's the most productive time that, that I can spend. The other technology that we talked about earlier, DocuSign, I mean, it makes my life so easy. I think that keeping in contact with uh, our email list, I think paperless pipeline has been incredible for sending out mailers. Express Docs is a good one to look into if you want to do mailers. Um, all of that's integrated online, which is great. Yeah, there's a ton of technology and it's made a lot of our jobs easier, but then you also have to set yourself apart more because a lot of people can a lot of people can now kind of do the technology. I love that Boomtown is still one of those great things out there. But what you said about uh, the cool thing about the phone is it doesn't actually cost you money to reach back out and ask for referrals again. Right. And knowing that no matter what you do, it's still 30% of, of that. So it's like, so, you know, agents that are already successful typing to grow again, you know, trying to grow again, remembering to call, call, ask for referrals. So what about uh, client appreciation stuff? I mean, you're at a totally different price point, but like what sort of stuff do you do for client appreciation, especially if you're getting referrals? Some people, I just talked to a gal that just bought out a stadium for baseball for all the you know, people to go to, to a baseball game together. What are some ideas or tips you give to people for, to show client appreciation so you stay top of mind? That's interesting. I saw uh, my friend Shana in Atlanta who just rented out the Atlanta Braves Stadium to do a client appreciation event. I thought it was brilliant. Brilliant, right? Like brilliant. The, I just talked to Gal, did it in California. It's so brilliant. I love it. Well, so think about in a primary home market, you know, in Atlanta especially, her profile of owner, buyer, they live in Atlanta. For me, you know, my client may be in my market for two weeks out of the entire year. So how do I get people together collectively? It's been a little bit more difficult. So from a client appreciation standpoint, I try to send something via direct mail once or twice a year, um, especially when somebody's transacting. A lot of times people like to send closing gifts. Uh, I don't always wait till the closing to send a gift. I love, love, love to send a new listing gift. So it could be something as simple as an orchid that's uh, hand delivered from whatever florist is local. I'm not talking about a boxed plant, something that is uh, personal and will have a little bit of a shelf life. I've, my brother, he's, uh, he's five years younger than me and he also works on my team. He's 23 years old, 23 going on 24. He did about 40 million last year in business, which is so incredible. I'm very proud of him. And he loves to send uh, cutlery to people, something that they would really, really appreciate. And he's gotten some incredible responses on it. So I try to think of like, what, how can I get in front of somebody that's not here? And when my clients are here, we do private chef events and I host quite a bit of dinners and, you know, it's more on a one-off basis. But when you think client appreciation, it's like, how can I touch somebody in a very personal way where they're going to remember me and, and remember my business, you know, everywhere they go, especially like I want to take somebody from a customer to a raving fan. So every time I have an opportunity to transact, whether I'm on the buy side, list side, it's how do I take this person who's different from everybody else from customer to raving fan? And my process for that is, is usually doing a couple different things per year that's delivered to their doorstep. Yeah, that, the, you talk about cutlery. I need to have my friend uh, John Rulin on the podcast. He wrote a, wrote a book called Giftology. And so much of what he talks about is that is customized gifts for people. Yeah. And like one of the things he would do is send Cutco knives to people, but like customized with like 
family slogans or like cool quotes or like book stories and like he, he yeah. said if you're ever going to do a gift being able to you know to customize and touch people so many cool ideas out there so what's next like what's next for your goals the you're going to hit 500 million in transactions this year super cool your team's been growing like super like humble dude like like are you at the point where like hey i'm gonna retire soon are you like well we're gonna try to do a billion dollars next year what are you what's yeah, next yeah. in your world well definitely never retire uh i think my biggest you're like that's funny how do you maintain pace for me and you know focus on expansion while also focusing on my family i think that's that's probably my next biggest obstacle uh and it, it all goes back to these these core principles that we talk about time management you know finding a, a a good team that you can surround yourself with uh, i see spears group growing not only in this market but in other markets so we've got a great process that i think i can replicate and help others grow um, I think the second home markets especially still have so much room to run and uh, I'd like to continue to see that through. And I've gotten into different development projects. We're developing multiple homes here at the beach that are so exciting. We've got a, a new development that's coming on that each home will be around 20 million a piece, which would set a record in this market. And it's fun to see them come together. It's It's been a, a three to four year process, just getting them to a framing stage. So lots of detail. Dude, uh, a development with a bunch of $20 million homes in it. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Cool. Yeah. So uh, lots of things on the horizon. It's funny though, like, you know, you reach a billion dollars in sales and I've heard agents go, once I sell a hundred million, I'm dropping the mic and I'm out. Jeff Bezos always talks about his day one mentality. And um, I think people will, will say to me, oh, you seem so humble. Um, it's because on day one, you go into the job, let's just say you go into to Whole Foods, you're working for Jeff Bezos at, at Amazon and, and day one, you're humble, you're, you're hungry, you want to learn. And by day two, that slowly starts to fade, right? Most people, they feel a little more comfortable and they get a little more comfortable. I don't wake up every day and go, Jonathan, you're a billion dollar agent. You just, you know, you, you go on with your bad self. Like I wake up and I'm that guy who was just now doing his first foreclosure sale and I'm thinking, how can I still serve at the absolute highest level? How can I not let my ego get in the way of what I'm doing and I continue to focus on serving as many families as I possibly can, the highest possible level? And trying to stay in that mentality and teach my team to stay in that mentality is our continued goal. Day one mentality. I love it. I have not heard that quote. I, you know, I, and I like to study and read a lot of what other people one mentality. Do. It's so good. Yeah. Day one mentality. What a, what a fantastic way to kind of stay humble and stay successful, right? How do you stay ahead? How do you, if you're not growing, you're dying, right? Like some people are like, why are you going to keep going? Because you have to keep pushing the ball forward just to stay level or it goes down. Like when you lose the momentum, you know, you, got, you just got to keep pushing the ball forward. Jonathan, the congratulations again. It's always fun when I get to talk to you and have you on here. I was super excited that we were going to get to chat again and just catch up. People are going to reach out to you. How do you want them to come find you when they want to ask you questions, when they want to come see what you're doing? What's the best way for interaction? And any final thoughts of advice? I mean, you could probably drop the mic at day one mentality, but if there's anything else you wanted to share today, now's the time. Now's the time. Yeah, so you can always reach me. I think best way is probably Instagram. Uh, I check all my DMs at Jonathan M as in Michael Spears and at Spears Group, both Instagram, Facebook. Facebook, I'm not as great at. 
dropping the mic at day one mentality is definitely a great place to 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 punctuate this sentence. But the other thing I'd encourage you in this rapidly ascending market, you know, the best thing to do with the day one mentality is not get enthralled and get lazy. You know, one thing that I've seen very often in my market is that agents are making mistakes because they're too busy. They're too busy. They've got too much going on. That's not an excuse. Focus on excellence. Focus on remaining excellent in your business. And when you've got a rapidly ascending market with markets are elastic, what goes up always comes down. You're going to be in a great position to take advantage of the market if things change, if they're not just rapidly ascending. When you focus on what's best for your customer, focus on the value you provide. Don't be focused on yourself. Don't breathe commission breath all over people. Focus on excellence in your business. Be an advisor, not a salesperson. Dude, day one mentality, stay humble, focus on excellence. Jonathan, honored to have you back on here. Congratulations again. Thanks for coming on. Real Estate Rockstars, thanks for listening. Thank you. All right, Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents. And we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.